Well, today we're continuing, continuing our series, Christian Atheist. And today we're going to be talking about when you believe in God, but you won't forgive. When you believe in God, but you won't forgive. And so uh, I want to set the stage, the table here just a little bit. Um, first of all, I want to I want to I want to talk to you about great sermons. Do you, okay, what you, you know what makes a great sermon, right? So, what I think Chris said when he's preaching, but uh, that's right, <laughs> and 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 that's true. If you didn't hear last week's sermon, you need to go and listen to last week's sermon. You can do that through our website. Great, great message last week, and great ministry there. But but really, I think what takes what makes for a great sermon. Um, is, is hopefully a, a, a great presentation, a good presentation, and, and, and the Word of God. But, but it also takes participation from the hearers, okay? You know, in the Scripture, over and over, the Bible says, hear, hear, if you have an ear, hear, listen, listen, if you have an ear, hear, amen? I mean, I mean so we're, we're continually challenged to be people who hear. In Hebrews chapter 2, um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 in the Good, Na- Good News translation, it says this. It says, for we have heard the good news just as they did. Okay, They're saying, we heard the good news, we received it, it's transformed our lives, it's changed our lives now, it's changed our eternity, just as they did. They heard the message, but it did them no good. It did them no good. It's amazing to me how that sometimes during preaching we can have some people who can be you know, really fighting to stay awake, right? And other people's lives that are being transformed through the preaching of the word. You know how that happens? Listen to what it says. It says, it did them no good because when they heard it, they did not accept it by faith. They didn't, they didn't say, God, that word, your word that's coming forth today, that's being preached, that's being taught, that, that God, that's sometimes I find myself doing, oh God, that's a great word for somebody else. Anybody else? Oh, I wish, I hope they're hearing this. Right? And you elbow your spouse. Man, I hope he's getting this. I hope she's getting this. This is really good for them. But, you know, we can't use our faith to receive it for them. we got to use our faith to receive it for us. And to say, God, this is your word for me. And, God, because you love me so much and care about me so much, God, you're letting your word come to a place where I can reach out and say, God, this is for me. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to act upon it. I'm going to respond to it. Amen? And when you do that, I promise you, it'll be a great sermon. And the reason that God does this is because God wants us to have a great life. He wants us to have a great life. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says this. It says, all scriptures inspired by God and is useful for teaching the truth, rebuking error, correcting faults. Now, I know this is going to be a shock to some of us, but sometimes we need some, we need some, some error rebuked in our life. Every single one of us at times has the ability to lean into error, to not believe the truth about God, to believe the truth about ourselves, some circumstance or situation. We need God to rebuke and correct us. Can all God's people say amen? Amen, Amen. right? He gives us his word and it's giving it its instruction for right living. Listen why. So that the person who serves God, are there any people who serve God here today? Amen. Okay, so the person who serves God may be fully qualified and equipped to do every kind of good deed. God wants you fully qualified. He wants you fully equipped. Roger said it a few minutes ago. God's desire is for us to understand that he's given us a life of victory. He wants us to walk in victory. Amen? Amen? 
He wants us to be overcomers. He wants us to know that whatever comes against us, listen to this, somebody needs this today, whatever comes against us, where's Lisa Bravo, is she still in here or is she out, okay? When she was singing that song, man, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, man, somebody needs that. Okay, the victory is yours. The victory is yours. Come on, I just need to grab hold of it, mix a little faith with it and say, the victory is mine. The victory is mine. He wants us to know that, that whatever we have to walk through, he gives us the strength, his strength, his presence, his power, his spirit working in us so that we can go through it, so that we can overcome it, so that we can be conquerors, not victims, conquerors. Everybody say it with me, conquerors conquerors in Jesus' name. Romans puts it like this, more than conquerors through Christ, through him who loved us and gave his life for us. 1 John chapter 4 says, little children, okay, that's us. We're God's children. You are from God, and you've overcome all these other things. For he who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. He who is in you. Are you glad you serve the one who is greater than all the things of the world? Amen? You need to get a little gladder about it, all right? <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, this is good stuff. So this means, this means that nothing can stop you from living the life God created you to live except you. Nothing, nothing should be able to stop us from walking in the, in the place and experiencing all God has for us, the life that he has for us. Today... We're in a series called Christian Atheist. When you believe in God, but won't forgive. Now, guys, I've got to tell you, this has been on my heart. It's been a mantle. When we were laying this series out, I went to Chris and I said, hey, Chris, I know I'm not scheduled to preach about this, the forgiveness part, but God's stirring something in my heart. Do you mind? And even since that time, God's done some, some interesting things. I believe today. That, that, that this issue of forgiveness is the number one, in my heart, is probably the number one issue impacting believers, impacting the church. That, 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 that this, this, this unforgiveness, that we reject it in whole, but we hold on to it in little teeny parts. And every part of it that we hold on to keeps us captive. And I'm telling you today, God wants to set you free. He wants to set us free so that we can live in the fullness of his power and of his presence. Amen? Amen. I read statistics recently that said in America, 94% of Christians believe that forgiveness is important, but only 45% practice it on an ongoing basis in their lives. Uh, maybe, maybe you've noticed this. Forgiveness, it's a hot topic. The, the world itself is beginning. Isn't it amazing how the world ultimately comes around to proving that God's word is true? We've seen this. Did anybody see the court situation where, um, where the man forgave the, 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 the lady who shot and killed a family member? And Yeah, wasn't that beautiful? And, and just here, even in the East Texas area, if you haven't seen this, so you can go look it up on YouTube or whatever, the, um, the family that forgave the person that, that caused the accident where the, the family was burned. And, 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 and I mean, it just, I started researching this and and just going through, and there are just literally like TED Talks. There's, there's just dozens and dozens of them of people standing up and saying, here's how forgiveness has changed my life. The world is tapping into the truth of God's word. Listen, forgiveness, 
Forgiveness is a powerful issue that needs to be, it needs to be operational, functional in every one of our lives. As a matter of fact, I believe that it's one of the most essential elements of a disciple's life. Now, folks, we all know that when you live in this world, you're going to have plenty of opportunities for forgiveness. Jesus tells us right up front, you cannot live in this life without having troubles, without having problems, without having, without getting, you know, that, that offenses are going to come your way. I mean, it just happens. Has anybody in here ever been offended, ever been hurt? Four of us. The rest of you are amazing. You're incredible. You are, all of us, all of us. Or Jesus wouldn't have talked about it so many times. His disciples come to us and say, Jesus, teach us how to pray and our Father and all that stuff. And, but twice he says, forgive us our sins as we forgive the sins of others. And then he gets down to the end and he says, forgive, forgive those who sin against you. Forgive those who hurt you. Forgive, forgive, forgive. You read it throughout the scripture that one of the characteristics, one of the, the character traits of Jesus Christ is that, that you walk and live in forgiveness. One of the greatest places that Jesus teaches about this and instructs this comes from Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, beginning of verse 21. Okay, now as you're looking at Matthew chapter 18 on your phones or in your Bibles, let me tell you that Jesus here starts this chapter. He's meeting in a private meeting in a private time with his disciples. So it's like Jesus has gathered us together because we're his disciples, right? Okay. Yeah, we've only been preaching on it all year long, and we got three people who said yes. Chris, we've got to talk about this, man. Now, how many people were followers of Jesus? And so it's like Jesus has said, guys, come on, let's get close. Let's talk about a few things. And so what he begins to, what he teaches them, he's, he's giving them individual instruction, how to live for him, how to, how to be the people that God wants him to be. And then he says, and then we get um, Peter. Peter comes and he says, hey, Jesus, while you're telling us about how to live, I've just got a question. How often, shall I, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Do you feel like maybe when Peter's asking this question, he's got somebody in mind? <laughs> he could have said, hey, you know, this, there's old Timothy over here, and I'm just wondering, how many times do I have to forgive his stupid, dumb things that he says? And right? He says, Jesus, how many times do I forgive him? Do I forgive him up to seven times? He was being really generous and listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven, up to 490 times. And the way this reads in the original language is you need to forgive that brother up to 490 times for the same sin on the same day. That's a lot of forgiveness. I would counsel somebody to say, if you're standing in a place where somebody can hit you or hurt you 490 times in the same day, you need to move, all right? So, but <clears throat> therefore, the kingdom of heaven, remember, we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle the accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, and the figures on this are all different, but some, let's just use $20 million, okay? Owed him $20 million, but he was not able to pay him. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had. Listen to me. Unforgiveness doesn't just affect you. It impacts everybody in your family and everybody you know. 
And his master told, said for him to be sold and that the payment be made. And therefore the servant fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. How many people know? One commentary said this man would have to live and work for 42 years and give every penny that he earned to be able to pay off this debt. How many people know this man was deceived? He did not have the ability to repay this debt. Now, in case I need to preach this, folks, let me go ahead and tell you right up front. You and I have never had the ability to repay the debt that we owed to God. And the only way that it got paid was through him sending his son, Jesus. Remember the guy we were worshiping just a few minutes ago? Jesus. Jesus to pay for our sins. So he said, the servant fell down. He said, I'll pay you on the master of the servant. Was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. He didn't know it anymore. It was done. It was forgiven. When God forgives us of our sin, you know, the Bible says he casts it into the sea of forgetfulness. He removes it as far from us as the east is from the west. It's infinite. It'll never be able to be mentioned or known again. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, have patience with me. And this, he owed him about $12.50. And he said, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. And he would not. But when he went, and th- but he went and threw him into prison so he should pay the debt. But when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that the, he had done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all. I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. The torturers until he should pay all that was due him. He was never going to be able to pay that debt. Now listen to this scripture. It's not, this is not Pastor Sam speaking. This is, okay, And his, he says, verse 35, <clears throat> So my heavenly Father will do also to you if you, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Okay? Folks, I want to tell you, God takes forgiveness very, very seriously. Unforgiveness very seriously. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 4, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. Folks, there are some things we should be angry about in our world. If you're not angry about child abuse, there's something wrong with you. If you're not angry about some of the situations about racism, if you're not angry about some of the, the immoral things and the things that are going on in our world, in our society, in our government, I'm telling you folks, then there's something wrong with our hearts. We should be angry but not, be, but not sin. You know how I read this? I put in my notes, we should be angry, but not be stupid. Okay? Be angry, but don't be stupid. Okay? You get angry at somebody, you don't just go out and and, and hit them. You don't go out and shoot them, as Chris mentioned too. You don't just go out and take the situation into your own hands. Okay? So we're angry, but we do not sin. We don't give place to this sin because we're not going to let this unforgiveness grow into wrath into our lives. We're not going to then focus all of our attention on how we can execute judgment on somebody who's hurt us. Okay? Don't let wrath abide in our lives. 
Now, folks, I'm telling you that, 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 that the apostle writes this and Jesus emphasizes this because he knows that it's going to be impossible for us to maintain the character of Jesus Christ in our life if we keep unforgiveness in our hearts. Listen to me. You cannot carry unforgiveness in your heart and carry the character and work the works of Jesus Christ in your life. And I'm telling you, this is why I really believe it's a, it's a huge issue in the body of Christ, okay? So we, we have got to be people who then, okay, do not allow unforgiveness. Don't let the sun go down on our wrath. I've, we've taught on this before, and we said, you got to give anger a time frame, a time limit in your life. Because if you don't, then what you're doing is you're opening yourself up. You're opening yourself up to the works of the enemy in our lives. Now, maybe you, I've had this situation in my life where there have been times where I have held on to something that's happened to me during a day or a season in my life. And what we do, let me just say this, what you do, what I do, when we hold on to anger, when we get to the end of the day and we try to go to bed and sleep in peace, okay? Anybody like to sleep in peace? Okay, right? And that means until you wake up, not until you just feel like I wake up, okay? But until we, <laughs> until we wake up, do you know what happens when we go to bed and we have got something on the inside of us, some unforgiveness or some anger? You know what it does? It begins to, does anybody ever experience this? It turns, it churns in our lives. It, it, the thoughts roll around in our mind. You know what we're doing? We're getting counseled by the devil, you let those thoughts abide, you let unforgiveness abide, and you're just saying, oh, come, come on, enemy. Come on, enemy, just, just fill in the blanks for me. Counsel me, tell me about them. Tell me, uh, go ahead and, and, and accuse them, and I'll just agree with those accusations. And we've said before, God never speaks through accusation. Amen? Yes. Amen. So, <clears throat> a few years ago, a few years ago, um, I there was a situation that took place here in the church. And... Uh, in the midst of that situation, I had a, a friend, uh, someone that had a very close relationship with, and, and don't try to figure out who it was, it doesn't matter, okay? But this person um, got into a very difficult season of life, and they had some very hard and some painful things that were going on in, in their life. And in the midst of that, um, I lovingly, honestly lovingly, approached them and said, hey, man, listen, I, I know you're going through some stuff and some troubles and some difficulties. You need some healing. You need some freedom. You need some help in your life. Now, 99.9% .9 of the time, people respond to that and go, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring. Thanks for helping us. Thanks for, you know, this point in time, this person said, you're talking to me like there's something wrong with me. You're talking to me like I need help, like I need, and I said, you do. And I said, we all do. We, we, we all need help. We all need healing. We all need greater degrees of forgiveness in our lives. But, but somehow or another, in that point in time in that person's life, it really set them off. It twisted. Uh, the, 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 I said one thing, and they heard something else. I said, I love you, and they didn't receive it that way. I said, I want to help you. They didn't receive it that way. And they went on a tear. And I won't go into all the things they did, but to anybody that they could possibly talk to, they said bad things uh, about me, okay? And they, they got mad, and they left the church. And, and um, <clears throat> even then when I would reach out to them, they wouldn't take my phone calls. 
Uh, they had time to talk to everybody else. They didn't have time to talk to me. So, hey, I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> but I wasn't. And so one day, um, as time went on, um, there would be times when we would run into them at different, run into this guy at different places. And, um, and I was very cordial to them. And, uh, hello, sir. You know, hey, hi. And so the Holy Spirit, through Yvette, or just Yvette, <clears throat> began, began, would say, you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. Why? I said, you didn't treat him very nice. I said, well, I treated him fine. I said, uh, she, they said, she said, well, what's, some, what's wrong? I said, I don't respect him. I don't respect what he did. I don't respect how he acted. And I don't respect, uh, respect the fact that he went around talking to people and got people mad and upset people and stirred people. And, and I'm righteously indignant against the church because what he's done against the church. I'm fine with me. I forgive him. I forgive him. Okay? So we're, <clears throat> I'm walking through a store one day, and I look down the aisle, and I see this person and all of a sudden, I can feel the back of my neck and my ears getting hot and turning red. Uh, I can feel, literally feel my blood pressure rise. And I looked down there, and I saw them. And in my mind, I thought, I just haven't got time for this. And I turned away and didn't go and wouldn't go see them. And so um, um, <clears throat> this, this went on for a season. It really did. And I thought... And, and I felt the Lord, does it, do you ever feel the Lord just tapping you on the shoulder <clears throat> and get, wanting to talk to you? And I said, Lord, I love you, worship you, I submit everything to you. No, you don't. What do you mean? What about this situation? And he, he began to slowly and lovingly say, hey, you know what you've done? And, and there were times, there were times I'd lay in bed and this guy's face would flash before me. And I would punch, no, I didn't punch it. But... <clears throat> If I'd had that option, you know, but there was something in my heart. There was something going on in my heart. Something was wrong in my heart. And just slowly, the Lord began to keep tapping on that same thing. And he kept saying, you haven't forgiven. I have forgiven. I'm just, I'm just disappointed. <clears throat> and then um, a while back, I heard one day. You know, they say confession is uh, good for the soul, but not very good for the reputation. Huh? <coughs> I heard that this person had come down with a sickness. And my first response in my heart, I'd never said the words. First response in my heart was, serves him right. And when that thought went through my mind, God began to just rip my heart open and say, what? What was that? Where did that come from? I don't know. It must have been the devil. <laughs> no, it wasn't the devil. It was out of the abundance of the heart that your mouth wanted to speak. And God began to say, you haven't forgiven. And you've let a root and a seed of bitterness grow up in your heart. To the point that you hate. God, I don't hate that person. Sam, how many times have you preached and said that the definition of hate is to wish that someone did not exist? Oh, God, I'm so sorry. And little by little, God began to show me how that, that seed of unforgiveness had grown 
into bitterness and had grown into hatred in my life. I did. I repented. And I, God, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> so here's the pathway of forgiveness, okay? We all know this, right? We all know that, that, that you know, have you heard the statements like, you know, drinking the poison of, un, you know, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping somebody else gets sick, right? You've heard that? Or, or maybe the statement that says that, that, that when we keep unforgiveness in our hearts, that it always hurts the vessel it's in more than anything we could spit it on. And I wish I had brought, could have brought correction to this guy's life. I wish, you know what? That wasn't in my heart. I needed the help. I needed change. And listen to me, church, everybody. I want, look at me. I'm telling you today that by the word of the Lord, there are people here today that unforgiveness You've been receiving the counsel of the enemy in your heart and your mind for so long, you think it's the voice of God. You think it's your own voice. And God's saying, today, I want to expose that. I want to set you free from the seeds and from the roots of bitterness that have, have been transforming your life. And listen, I know it was a real situation. What this guy did was wrong. I'm, I'm not always right, but in this situation, I'm telling you, I was right. I did it with a right heart to try to, to love him and care for him, and, and he rejected every bit of it. But my response to it was wrong. Look, you can't control everything that goes on in your life. You can't control every circumstance and situation. You can't control how every person will treat you. You can't control, and there's people sitting here today that you're still dealing with issues from moms and from dads and from dads and from dads. And you're dealing with issues and circumstances from work situations. And, 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 and of course, the big one right now, everybody's got a church hurt. Can I, can I say this? That, that when, you, when you say, the church hurt me, it's very easy to institutionalize something and say it's just an institution, and so I can rail against an institution. But can I tell you that you're the church? The church is made up of people. But put a face on it. I've got some faces when it talks about church hurts of people that have hurt in places where I've been hurt. And I guarantee you that there are lots of people when they talk about church hurt that my face play ops up in their life. So don't, 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 don't institutionalize it. Take, own it. Say, that person hurt me. And, and, and God, how long have I allowed the counsel of the enemy just to say, see, they were wrong and see what they did. And, and you know what? And there are people sitting here today that you've got hurts and you've got unforgiveness in your heart against God. Why did he let that situation happen? And why didn't that person get healed? And why is that person living like they lived in? Why did that, that, that take place? And, and, and why was, and listen, they were real, painful, wrong situations. And, and, and you were in the right you've carried this hurt, you've carried this seed of unforgiveness and root of bitterness in your heart so long. It is twisting and distorting your life. It is stopping the flow of the love and the grace and the mercy of God. It's stopping the development of the character of Jesus Christ in your life. It's stopping the flow of signs and wonders and miracles in your life because you're giving room to the enemy. And that's what was happening in my life. And so God... Did a major work of surgery in my heart. 
brought me to a place of forgiveness. And when I began to pray for that person, I, I really could come to the place saying, God, God touched them. God, I recognize now that, that what they did, they did because they were in a wrong place. They were not where they needed to be. If they had been healthy, if they had been free, if they had been filled and walking in the Spirit of God, then they wouldn't have done that. So I began to be able to pray to a place where I could really, God, pr pray for them to be touched and pray for them to be transformed and pray for them to be changed. And, and all of a sudden, so, so I thought that was the end of it. I really did. And then not long ago, I was driving. I was on my way to an appointment one day, and I got a phone call. This hasn't been very long ago at all. I got a phone call. And uh, the, I was, they said, I can't, I can't make the appointment today. I said, oh, that's great. You know, I got some free time. So as I'm driving along, I'm driving along, and the Lord says, I was kind of not far from where this person lived, and God says, go pray for this person. I said, okay, Lord, God, I pray that you'll bless. No, that's not what I said. Have you all ever done that with God? He said one thing. He said, like, go all the way over here, and you go, yeah, okay, Lord, I'll go to here. You know, that's right. You know. He said, that's not what I said. I said, go. Well, God, he might not be home, or he could be taking a bath, or he could be, you know, I mean, he, God, you know, right? How many excuses can we come up with? I said, all right. I mean, the Lord just, I'd like, it was more like a, you know, hey, you know. So I said, hey, man, I called, and I, are you at home? Can I come by? Yeah, come by. And can I tell you that I got to spend some time and I got to pray for him. He asked if I would pray for him. And God has done a work in my heart. Now, now I want to tell you, this guy has never asked for forgiveness. He's never repented for what he did that was wrong and hurtful to me and others. But that's not the issue. That, the issue was in my heart, not his, right? Now I'm praying for God to heal his body, to restore his spirit. And I believe, can I say today that I believe that there are some people here today that you've been carrying some weight and you've been holding it for so long and you can't understand why you're weak and why there's stress and strain and all kinds of stuff going on in your life. And then every time somebody comes on, here's what else. Every time somebody steps on your nerve, steps on, on your feeling, steps on your pride, you have this, 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 this eruption of emotion that's so far out of relationship to what really took place. And you don't understand why it's always going on. There's always something stirring under the surface of your life. And you don't understand why. And can I tell you today, I believe I believe that it's because of unforgiveness. And today, God wants to give us an opportunity to step into a new place, to walk into a new place of forgiveness, to set us free, to set us free. Would everybody stand, please? God wants us to be people who receive his freedom so that we can walk in his love and his goodness, his grace, his mercy like never before. Now, I'm, I'm going to take a little attitude here. I want to ask everybody just to close your eyes. What I want you to do, I want you to say, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, well, just in your own heart, Holy Spirit, you come to show things. You come to reveal things. God, would you just show me, is there any place of unforgiveness in my life? Is there any person? Is there any circumstance? 
Is there any situation? I may have even said, God, that I've forgiven, but it just keeps coming back up. It still has influence. It still has, it still has a, a, a weight on my life. And God, today, just open my heart up, God. Open my mind up. Show me if there's any place of unforgiveness. And if there is today, God, I want to deal with it. And church, listen to me. If this is you, if the Holy Spirit right now is showing you, and again, listen, unforgiveness doesn't mean the other person was right. It just means you get free. It doesn't mean they're still not guilty, okay? But it releases you. If there's any unforgiveness in your heart this morning, we want to deal with it. And I want to ask you right now, just boldly, to say, I'm not going to let unforgiveness have any influence in my life. I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to put it under my feet and under God's feet today, under the shed blood of Jesus Christ today. I want to ask you just to step out right now, quickly, boldly, quickly step out and come to this altar. We're going to pray over you. We believe God's going to do a deep, deep, deep work. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. I challenge you. Come on. I challenge you. Whether it's a husband, a wife, it's a church situation, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister. Somebody, come on, church, come on. Don't miss this. Remember, receive it and mix it with faith. Receive it and mix it with faith. Maybe you've been disappointed in the timing of God and you haven't forgiven God for, for, for some of the things that you thought should take place in a different time, in a different way. Come on, church, come on. Okay, right now, right now, why don't you say, God, God, we can't do it. We can't walk in unforgiveness in our own strength and our own ability. God, we, Holy Spirit, come on, lift your hands. Just say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I need you first of all. Forgive me. Forgive me. Cleanse me, God. Forgive me for giving place to the enemy. Forgive me for walking in unforgiveness. Forgive me for, for wanting to be the judge and the jury and the prosecutor, the persecutor. Forgive me, oh God. Forgive me for being the one that wanted to, to execute vengeance. God, we say today that, that we trust you. We trust your timing. We trust you to be God who is a righteous judge and who executes vengeance in your timing and in your way, God. And, and so, Father, right now, just release us. Release Come on, just tell and say, release me, God. Forgive me. Jesus, I receive right now. I receive your cleansing, your, your forgiveness into my life. God, we recognize we're the ones that have been forgiven the millions and millions of, of dollars and pounds of forgiveness. So God, help us to be people who, who live lives that forgiveness just flows out of our life. God, right now, come on church, would you just stretch your hand out to those that are here this morning? Just pray for them. Say, God, right now, we take authority over every work, every inch of space, God, that's ever been yielded to anything but to your presence, anything to your lordship. We take authority. We break right now. We break every work of the enemy in our lives. We break the spirit of condemnation. We break the spirit of judgment. We take authority right now over every lying spirit, God, over every condemning spirit, over every judging spirit right now. And we say, God, we will only walk in live in the mercy and the forgiveness and the grace of Almighty God. God, I believe that you're setting your people free in a new way, in a new place, and to a new degree. Do a deep work in us like never before. Come on, come on, people. Come on, just say, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. We receive your forgiveness, God. And, and God, right now, why don't you just, okay, as God's bringing those people to mind, 
Look, you don't have to, you, you, you don't have to say what they did was right, but you can say, God, they need you. Come on, God, they need you. They need your help. They need your forgiveness. That father, that mother, that abuser, that rejecter, that liar, they need God. They need your presence in their life, oh God. God, do a work of transformation in them. God, let their hearts be changed. Let their lives be changed. Let them come into a new place of love and, and grace. God, make them not into the people you created them to be, not the people that they've been. God, we give you thanks. Come on, one more time, church. Let's just lift our hands and say, God, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name.